Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you reflect and think about your business, not just do your business. What I talk about is topics that I'm hearing out there with many different people I'm working with, interfacing with, in terms of the challenges. Some of them are big companies, some of them are small companies, but the bottom line is I have the luxury to have my ear to the ground, not only just locally here, but also all around the country. What I do is pick topics that you know are at sometimes a thousand foot level and just thought provoking, but also topics that I feel like have some real meat and very technical kind of issue. Today, it's a blend of that. And that is today we're in a little bit of confusing times. And I'm going to set the stage for that in a moment. But I want to focus today on some things that I've created, seven specific things that you can do about kind of what you're seeing out there, not just discuss it and worry about it. You know, going back to kind of what we've seen over the last two and a half years, at the very beginning of all this pandemic, you know, we talked about this is only going to take two months, three months, four months, and then we'll be over this thing. Well, it has ended up taking a couple of years. And as a result of that, I think it's created a level of weariness, certainly for businesses, consumers, manufacturers, supply chain that we've never seen before. I know at the very beginning of this pandemic, my prediction was that probably about 25 or 30% of the remodelers wouldn't even make it through this. However, as it turns out, the home has become kind of the silver lining. You know, it's a sanctuary. It's a place that, quite frankly, has gotten many, many homeowners through the pandemic, and therefore it's, it's been very, very positive, at least in terms of areas of business, for the home remodeling community. The problem with that is I think we've gotten a lot of really bad habits in that period of time, and that's going to be one of the elements I'm going to talk a little bit about coming up here shortly. So uh, as you think about this again, we came out at the beginning thinking this wasn't going to last very long. We were all nervous about it. We were making really quick, rash decisions within the business. Then all of a sudden, it kind of felt like we were in a fog, not really know what's ahead of us or behind us. But, you know, a lot of not uh, unclarity that was there. But after about nine months into it, I think most remodeling businesses said, okay, the fog is kind of cleared. The phones are ringing off the hook. Sales are relatively easy. It's kind of order-taking mentality. And it's only challenging to try to produce the backlog of what we're moving forward. So there wasn't really a a cloud behind us. But I started talking more about headwinds and tailwinds. And the headwinds obviously mainly related to price escalation, production challenges, certainly labor, hiring, talent, all those kind of things. But also there was major tailwinds that were there as well. And that was phone ringing off the hook, lead flow, consumer demand, and certainly sales were quite easy. But now we've seen a shift in that. We started to see this about six months ago, a real shift where lead flow started to really die down. We also started to see sales being a little bit more difficult. Uh, Also, many of the clients even that were in the pipeline were starting to see some changes there. So today, I think the question is not so much what kind of uh, conditions are you seeing. I think we're all seeing pretty much the same thing. 
And quite frankly, we don't have a crystal ball, so it's very hard to predict what the next 6, 12 months are going to be. But it's not hard to really develop, I think, a list of things that you can do about this mucky kind of conditions that we're moving into in terms of the, the, the balance of certainly 2022 and beginning in 2023. I'm seeing many of the remodeling companies out there either having a small percentage are having unbelievable record years, very high profitability, but many of the companies are not necessarily in that place. And I think these action items that I'm going to highlight for you are really ways that I think you can do something about it. So I've created a list of seven here that I want you to, you know, jot down, maybe pass this podcast along to some of your team members if you think they resonate for you, or just use it as discussion topics for your own meeting. And the whole theme here is, what are you going to do about it? Because if you move this to action-type items and not just reflecting on the muck that we're in, the likelihood that you're going to be more successful is much greater. You know, the adage I always like is intentions without actions equal squat. And these tend to be, while some of them are a little bit more higher-level thoughts, and not necessarily specific action, it's a pretty action-oriented type of, of discussion I want to have. So the first one is actually a theme that's in my book, Fit to Grow. And I encourage you to read that book. You can get it now as an audio book. So it's, it's uh, one of the themes in the book is listen, learn, and respond. And this sounds very simple. I was on an advisory board for Anderson Windows many, many years ago. And that was one of the themes for the advisory board that I ended up extracting and using it within our business. First and foremost, you had to listen. And now more than ever, you've got to listen not only to what the market is telling you in the economy, you've got to listen to what your clients are saying. Your clients' tolerances today versus 6, 12 months ago have changed. They're much less tolerant of certainly the production activity at their home. Uh, you also have members within your community or your team that have maybe some dissident voices. You got to listen very carefully what those voices are. You got to learn from them, come up with an action, and then you respond. See, we tend to be a little bit knee-jerk and chasing shiny objects as entrepreneurs, and therefore sometimes we jump ahead to the responding before spending enough time listening and learning. Number two on my list is I think many companies have, quite frankly, I would almost say lost their way a little bit. And I, I don't want to make it sound, you know, overstate that, but, you know, have you kind of lost your way? And I was in a meeting with a group that I, I felt at least that that was the case. And we started to talk about, you know, what is your clear purpose? And I think one of the action items is, is have a clear purpose. You started this business for a reason. You grew this business for a reason. You've been at it for really, there's a, there's a fundamental purpose behind it. This particular company, I said, you know, when I started advising and being part of, you know, your, your advisory board within this company, I saw really three things. Number one, I saw you weren't just in Philadelphia, you were for Philadelphia. 
Number two is you were all about sustainability. You made your decisions based on caring about the planet, caring about the environment, and that became an integral part of everything that you did. And number three, you really were committed and it became part of your thinking every single day of creating a world-class culture within your company. So your three things were you were for a city, you're all about sustainability, and you're all about your community and your culture. So go back in your world, go back to what is your clear purpose? You know, because if you don't have the clarity of that purpose, then it's really, really difficult. And you need to get kind of that, get aligned as a team. What I found in this session, because we were talking about these things, all of a sudden the team started to get rallied and enthusiastic and that they started to get their mojo back and weren't kind of caught up in the muck and the challenges that they were in. Number three on my list is marketing. If you think about it, you know, six months, nine months ago, the amount of marketing energy, not necessarily dollars, but energy you need to put in was really, quite frankly, fairly minimal because the phone was ringing off the hook and people banging on the door. So what you need to do today, though, is you need to really, really recommit to marketing energy. And the key is energy. You know, it's not necessarily spending a huge amount of money, but you've got to have leads and opportunities coming into your company if you're going to create the sales and you're going to ultimately build your backlog in the future in production. Now, what's strange with a lot of companies, because they have a big backlog, they're almost looking at, you know, this little bit of a break in terms of lead flow as a sigh of relief, but that's not healthy and good for your company. So I'm not suggesting, for example, that you throw the baby out with the bathwater and all of a sudden you're spending all your time on marketing. What I am suggesting, if you're spending, for example, two or three hours a week on marketing, spend four to six hours a week. That's all. Just increase it. Not, and, and also get others to increase it. Make sure you're not being strangers to your past, not only clients, but also your prospects. For the last 18 months, you've had a lot of people call you that you didn't close. And guess what? Two-thirds of those people never did the project. There are opportunities to reconnect to them. So putting your energy in marketing today is super important. Number four on my list is sales skills. Now, I got to think about sales is like an axe. And the reality is that tree was so easy to cut down in terms of sales, that axe got dull. It didn't need to be very sharp and the tree would either just fall over or knock down very easily. Well, it's harder out there today. Sales are harder. Consumers are changing. In that consumer change that we're seeing out there, you know, they're, they're more fearful. And that fear is oftentimes coming out in the form of objections that aren't really objections. Like, you know, I want to get a lot more bids on this project or I want to put this project off. There's a lot of ignorance on the part of homeowners thinking that it's going to cost less six, 12 months ago as if remodeling was some sort of commodity like lumber or gasoline. It's not that way. You've got to have much, much better sales skills. You've got to know why they should do the project and communicate it, why they should do it now, and why they should do it with you. These are key questions that you need to practice, you need to train, and you need to be better, much, much better at. 
Number five on my list was, uh, you know, focus on the technologies in your business. You know, I've been talking for years, technology is going to revolutionize this industry. And quite frankly, for the vast five, six, seven years, it has. So it's not a matter of convincing you the importance of technology. The question is, how strong is your technology acumen? Most importantly, are you using technology as a differentiator to sell your product and service? Your homeowners today expect, expect higher levels of technology within your business, and they're going to be seeking those companies, whether they've been in business for 30, 40 years or five years. They're going to seek those companies that really resonate with the right technology platforms within. So you've got to focus not on technologies just to be more efficient, but also technologies that are going to make it easier for the client. You know, leveraging some of the video conferencing, as many of you are doing, and but show them you've got platforms of technology that really will help them with a better remodeling experience. Whether it's better in terms of communication, whether it's better in terms of visualization, whether it's better in terms of accuracy within the business. Number six is a little bit more of a broad kind of item, and that is as I look around the country and I see different businesses, there's businesses that are out there, quite frankly, that are hitting, hitting it out of the park. Unfortunately, it's a fairly small percentage. There's businesses out there that are doing okay. I wish they were doing very well, but okay. But then there's businesses out there that are breathing out of a straw and really kind of struggling. The fundamental difference I see in those three categories is what I would refer to as operational excellence. And when you think about operational excellence, you know, it's more about, you know, you put processes in place, you develop processes, you develop techniques. But I think in many ways, we've gotten kind of fat and happy over the last couple of years with this pandemic and this silver lining of home remodeling that we've like lost some of those processes as being integral. So what I would strongly encourage is you need to focus on the operational excellence. So start with, you know, in September or October, one or two things, and then one or two things, and one or two things, and commit not only to yourself, to your team, but getting better at what some of those processes in those systems. Because if you can make sure everybody is committing to remodeling being more about the process and experience, not just about the sticks and bits in the project, you're going to see better energy, better efforts, and you're going to see more profitability. And if you see more profitability, you're not only going to be more healthy, you're going to also be able to invest in the future. Number seven, which again is a little bit more of a broad kind of element here, but I think as you think about what to do about it, you've got to change. you got to change. And, you know, many years ago I heard uh, from uh, a, a friend of mine who won a national award, he says, if a business is not changing, it will become irrelevant. And I must admit, that really, really hit a chord for me. Because, you know, becoming irrelevant is not only a kiss of death, but it's also about your pride. You know, it's, it's, you've got to stay relevant, certainly to your, to your clients in terms of the product and the, and the process. You've got to stay relevant in terms of your team to be able to retain and develop the right level of team, uh, that, that you have in place. 
Um, but you also got to stay relevant, certainly to yourself. You look in the mirror and you say, you know, am I really still relevant? Am I investing the amount of time? So you've got to adjust and change. You commit to change. And it doesn't take anything but a one-degree change, two-degree change on many, many different fronts. But if you focus on that level of adjustment, it's not abandoning necessarily what you've created, but it's adjusting and change. So I want to kind of just summarize that this this notion of the culture in your company is so, so critical. You know, I've talked certainly in different uh, writings about, you know, th- this theme that many people are hearing out there, this quiet quitting, you know, it's it's real. It's a virus. It's spreading within companies. It's very important to nip that in the bud and stop it if you're going to have a healthy future. So I encourage you to make sure that, you know, you're really focused on that and that culture more than anything is going to help you, I think, have the muscle to be able to get through and be able to know what to do about a lot of these dynamics that are out there. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast. I encourage you, if you think this is valuable, send it to, forward it over to some of your team members as well, because it makes a great discussion topic. And also, it's much easier if you subscribe. Then you're going to have access to all the different remodeling topics But if you do want to subscribe and you want even to go deeper, you can always go to my vault. My vault is a website that you have access to many of the writings and many of the podcasts that I've done, you know, over the last 10 years, 15 years. Uh, It's remodelingmastery.com. So just go to remodelingmastery.com and you will be have access to a lot of things out there that I think will help you take your business to the next level. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Remodeling Mastery Podcast by Mark G. Richardson, supported by Professional Remodeler Magazine, Engage, Leap, Marlamar, and Destination Motivation. Check out our earlier podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.